Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. Peacock streaming new movies every week at PeacockTV.com. We'll have the biggest movies from the Twilight Saga to Selma and Bad Boys 1 and 2. Bad Boys for life. All your favorite movies like Die Hard, The Matrix Trilogy, and Good Will Hunting. That's the good stuff. Plus, movies the whole family will love. How to Train Your Dragon, the Harry Potter film series, Brilliant. and Shrek 1 and 2. It's so good to be home. With tons of blockbuster hits, you can't not watch. Sign up at PeacockTV.com. I'm Jake Halpern, host of Deep Cover. Our new season is about a lawyer who helped the mob run Chicago. He bribed judges and even helped a hitman walk free until one day when he started talking with the FBI and promised that he could take the mob down. I've spent the past year trying to figure out why he flipped and what he was really after. Listen to Deep Cover on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Chrissy Teigen has a lot of feelings about cancel culture. Britney Spears finally got a win in her conservatorship battle. And Laura J. Nelson from the LA Times joins us to explain Wuhanon, how QAnon is creeping into the heart of wellness culture. It's July 15th, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Stephen LeConte. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. So we're kicking off today's show with some good Britney Spears news. She finally got a victory in her conservatorship battle. A judge ruled that Britney will be allowed to choose her own lawyer, following the resignation of her previous court-appointed attorney, Samuel Ingham III. To celebrate, Britney posted an Instagram video of herself riding a horse and doing cartwheels, which is how I plan on celebrating everything for the rest of my life. Oh, and this is big. In the caption, Britney wrote that she feels gratitude and blessed and also used the free Britney hashtag for the first time. Tens of thousands of fans shared messages of support, including Ariana Grande, who commented, you are so very loved and supported. You know, Stephen, you had pointed this out to me earlier that why it's such a big deal about the hashtag. And it's because she's never done it before. She's never really embraced it. And now she is broken out of this cage she was in and she's ready to use that hashtag. Yeah, it's actually a huge moment for like the free Britney movement because for years uh, her fans have kind of been rallying behind this hashtag. But there's always been this sort of speculation of like, maybe Britney supports it, maybe she resents it. She was never fully able to talk about it. And so I think it's a really validating moment for these fans who have spent these years saying Britney is not free and deserves to be free. Now, Stephen, I know you're not a lawyer, but I do know your dad is a lawyer. So yeah. I will continue to ask this question. Oh, of course. I feel fully qualified. Okay, perfect. What What's coming next? What are we 
what's the next steps? Okay, so I think what's coming next, it's one of two things. First of all, the question is, should Jamie Spears continue to be on the conservatorship, right? And I think their first priority is getting him off. After that, I would not be surprised to see them file another claim or suit or whatever. Again, I'm not really a lawyer of whatever whatever you'd call a thing that they would file uh, to get the conservatorship removed entirely. But as far as I understand, it's a two-step process. First, get Jamie out, then get rid of the whole thing. I'm loving this plan. Me too. Free Britney. (laughs) All right. So next up, we have Chrissy Teigen's recent post about becoming a member of what she calls the cancel club. So she just wrote a lengthy, very candid post on Instagram about what life has been like since Courtney Stodden called her out for harassing her on Twitter, both publicly and over DM in the early aughts. Chrissy wrote, quote, just feel so weird to pretend nothing happened in this online world, but feel like utter shit in real life. Going outside sucks and doesn't feel right. Being at home alone with my mind makes my depressed head race. She went on to talk about what it feels like to be canceled, saying only people it's happened to can really understand it. <laughs> okay, so Casey, I have a lot of feelings. I bet you do too. But let's start here. Chrissy Teigen is the only one really saying that she's canceled. Right? I thought I like missed something. I was like, I know this happened, but we didn't have a big cancel Chrissy moment. No, she's doing what, frankly, Fox News does, which is that she's <gasps> com- she's conflating accountability for some uh-huh. fucked up stuff she did in her past with cancellation. People did get angry at her for doing some really fucked up stuff to Courtney Stodden. However... Chrissy still has a major platform. She hasn't, as far as I know, lost any of her big like show business gigs. I right. Think it's it's yeah. not like she's been kicked off Twitter. Right. She's still posting to her many, many millions of followers. She's still getting a lot of support in all of her posts. I mean, I just think it's kind of preposterous to pretend like she's been erased from like the culture because she's still very much a part and of she, it. She very much could have just taken this time to reflect, take accountability, and then move forward with her life and people would have been fine. But yeah, it is so interesting. It seems like she's not handling this accountability or the guilt she's feeling from it well at all. Right. And I feel like part of accountability means like you just got to take your licks. Like, you know, the people who are going to be mad at you are going to be mad at you and they have good reason to be that way. And they're not there to make you feel better. Right, you need exactly. to work on that on your own. Right. So look, in my opinion, no offense, Chrissy, but I do think John Legend needs to take away her phone. You know, <laughs> just just have some just unplug for a while, Chrissy, and then come back when you're actually ready. Well, moving on. While we were all looking the other way. QAnon has been slowly creeping into Southern California's New Age world. Conspiracy theories are spreading like wildfire in the wellness world, and there doesn't seem to be any end in sight. While the marriage of conspiracy theories and spiritualism may seem like a strange one, many people in the wellness community say the health and spirituality world has always been primed for such extreme worldviews. Laura J. Nelson of the LA Times, end of being my roommate, recently investigated all about this and joins us to break it down. Hi, Laura. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So, you know, I think a lot of us might have been blindsided by seeing QAnon infiltrate the heart of wellness culture. Can you kind of just give us a quick primer on what exactly has happened with QAnon and the wellness community? Yeah, so it took a lot of people by surprise, and it was an area of kind of QAnon that, like, 
it basically developed later than other parts of the internet, and it really came to the fore during the pandemic. So in the very early days of the public health shutdowns last spring, all of a sudden there was kind of this outpouring of like anti-mask, anti-vaccine, and general kind of anti-health order propaganda that was kind of sweeping through the wellness community. And that includes Plandemic, which you guys might have heard of. It's this kind of can't really call it a documentary, but it's kind of this propaganda movie about how all the conspiracy theories surrounding the COVID vaccine and the COVID-19 pandemic um, that really caught on like wildfire. And from there, it was really like off to the races in the wellness world. So they went from pandemic and COVID is a hoax to sex trafficking and save the children to Donald Trump is a light worker who's going to save the world to the insurrection at the Capitol. So it was kind of one degree at a time all the way up to the boiling point in January of this year. So you were able to hear from a lot of people in Southern California who are seeing it happen right before their eyes. What kinds of stories did you hear from these people in the wellness space? Honestly, it's really heartbreaking. Like, I think it's easy to maybe laugh at these people or think that somehow the beliefs are stupid or people should know better. But like for people who are really like deep into this world, whose friends and colleagues and peers are all also in this world, it has like torn them apart. So one woman that I spoke to who's really involved in the Reiki energy healing world had both her best friend in the holistic world and her first teacher for Reiki both go down the QAnon rabbit hole within a couple of months of each other, um, just to the point where she feels like she can no longer communicate with them because there's no reasoning with like all the stuff that they believe and are saying. And she said she knows more than a dozen people in the kind of spiritual, holistic, metaphysical world that this has happened to, including kind of those casual acquaintances that you have when you're working, like it was popping up from everywhere all of a sudden. Um, and I also spoke with a yoga teacher who's based in LA. Um, she also runs a nonprofit organization called Off the Mat Into the World, which encourages yogis to get involved in political action and social activism. And she said she knows probably at least 30 people this has happened to in the world. And then she said for her students, so the people that she knows on a much more casual level, it's literally a countless number, like she can't quantify it. So yeah, it's, it's like, it's really sad. And the people who have kind of watched this happen and unfold are, they feel helpless and angry and frustrated and sometimes ashamed. And it's just really horrible, toxic stew of like trauma and grief and frustration. And people are just really hurting. You know, it's interesting, like uh, as an outsider, you know, I wouldn't necessarily put QAnon and the wellness community together, but I know that some within the wellness community actually aren't all that surprised that this is happening. So I'm curious to talk about some of the ways that Southern California might be like a prime location for QAnon to find a new home. Are there certain economic or geographical factors at play? Do people with disposable income maybe tend to become removed from civic mindedness and responsibilities? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, first of all, I think California is like the heart of the global wellness movement. So like when we talk about stuff happening in the wellness world, we're like by nature talking about stuff that's happening in California, because even when people don't live here, it's like aspirationally it's based here, if that makes sense. Like the mm -hmm. whole kind of right. aesthetic and the the marketing and the like the lifestyle and all that stuff is like, it's very like California focused and Southern California specifically. So like here, there's like a couple of examples, but one is that if you live in LA, like in the last five to 10 years, there's like new yoga studios popping up everywhere. Like I do yoga and have never understood how all these yoga studios are able to like 
stay in business because there's an unlimited number of students and like more and more yoga studios. It's like the math has never made sense to me. And one of the people that I interviewed for this story told me that actually a way that a lot of those studios now make money is by doing teacher trainings. So like you might spend $2,500 or $3,000 to become a certified yoga instructor. And like it becomes this vicious cycle where you've got more studios and more teachers and the same number of students. So more of those teachers are like turning to Instagram and other online platforms to try to make money through affiliate linking and brand marketing and all the other types of stuff that you can do when you work online and are building followings there. And these people are targeting a pool of people who typically have like a pretty high amount of disposable income. I mean, these are folks who are able to afford a $25 yoga class or a juice cleanse or a raw organic diet or whatever it might be. I mean, it's stuff that's just completely outside the reach financially of a lot of like working class people. So the folks who are involved in this world tend to be upper middle class to upper class and are not people who, for many of them, political engagement is not something that's ever felt important to them, partly because politics have never really had an effect on their day-to-day life. So they're not the type of people who like their identity is up for debate or whether their family can remain together is up for debate or healthcare or whatever the question might be. It's like the policies that get debated in Congress and in other kind of levels of politics, city hall, all the way up Sacramento, all the way to DC, like doesn't really affect them on a day-to-day basis. So they have this level of privilege that kind of isolates them from a lot of that stuff. So you've got like people with a lot of money who aren't very engaged in civic life, who are getting a lot of their information from people who aren't experts in stuff, but do know how to build a following on Instagram. So it's kind of this like alarming combination of factors that like all was like laid out in advance, basically just like waiting for QAnon to arrive. Mm. You know, it's also interesting how QAnon's promise of a great awakening echoes the yoga-like views of ascension and consciousness. Can you talk to us a little bit more about how these two worlds may share much more in common with each other than we might've thought? Yeah. I mean, so first of all, We think of like the new age world as being this kind of like love and light and acceptance type of world, but there's always been this kind of like dark conspiratorial undertone to the way that people operate in this world. I mean, you're taught in certain types of energy healing and yoga and meditation to like look for hidden patterns and meanings. And you're basically taught that like everything is not as it appears. And that's the kind of teaching that lends people towards like searching for patterns, searching for hidden clues. And that's exactly the type of behavior that you see unfolding in QAnon. But like the language is also quite similar. Um, Like so fifth dimension, if listeners aren't familiar with it, it's a term that was originally used in physics that's now used in the metaphysical world. And it basically is a way to symbolize like higher levels of consciousness or enlightenment. So if you're like a very enlightened or like highly conscious being, you may ascend to the fifth dimension. But that's also a phrase that's used in QAnon. And the same is true for the Great Awakening one of the most common phrases from QAnon. In QAnon, it's like the Great Awakening is this event where everybody will reach the epiphany that the QAnon theory was right the whole time and that then the world will enter a stage of utopia. But in yoga, the Great Awakening means spiritual enlightenment or an awareness of higher consciousness. So when you see these terms being thrown around, it's like sometimes difficult to know whether it's coming from like a wellness spirituality person, or it's coming from QAnon, or maybe it's coming from someone who has like a foot in both worlds. 
You mentioned previously the overall sense of like sadness and frustration that the wellness community has been dealing with in the wake of all of this. Do you see that getting worse or has support dwindled since the insurrection earlier this year? I guess I'm wondering, like, is this sort of conspiratorial thinking here to stay? Since the insurrection, the failed insurrection, I should say, at the Capitol in January, like the most vocal QAnon posting has kind of diminished. But there are fears in the wellness world that some of that extremism is now calcifying into something that's like equally concerning, which is to say this kind of long-term conspiratorial thinking that encourages like radical bodily autonomy, distrust in vaccinations, distrust in elected officials and institutional health care, and kind of some of the other like major pillars of society. There's a movement afoot now for some wellness influencers to actually kind of break away from the mainstream in the U.S. and form essentially these compounds where they don't have to abide by the same rules as like public health orders would regulate, that they can have as many guns as they want, that there's kind of all these like trends that are at play. And it's difficult to say where exactly that's headed because like, even though it doesn't carry the label QAnon anymore, that's still the kind of corrosive thinking that can like divide people and break up friendships and break up business partnerships. So the people in the wellness world who've been following this stuff don't really know yet whether things are going to heal or get better or not, or if it's just going to mutate into something that's like slightly different, but equally ugly. All right. Well, we'll be right back. We've got more with Laura J. Nelson on how QAnon is creeping into the new age world. Chief it. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com/slash 2022. Adoption of teens from foster care is a topic not enough people know about, and we're here to change that. I'm April Dinwiddie, host of the new podcast, Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Each episode brings you compelling real-life adoption stories told by the families that live them with commentary from experts. Visit adoptuskids.org slash podcast or subscribe to Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Administration for Children and Families and the Ad Council. What grows in the forest? Trees? Sure. Know what else grows in the forest? Our imagination, our sense of wonder, and our family bonds grow too. Because when we disconnect from this and connect with this, we reconnect with each other. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Welcome back. We're talking with Laura J. Nelson of the LA Times about the wellness community's QAnon problem. So, you know, you mentioned this before, you mentioned Instagram specifically, but social media plays a huge role in the spread of any conspiracy theory these days. And, you know, you noted how Instagram is actually the platform where yoga and QAnon originally intersected. Why did that serve as such a perfect breeding ground? So, 
there's actually a term for this now in the in the QAnon extremism research world. It's called pastel QAnon, and it's a type of QAnon recruitment that is specifically focused at women, and it's using like the Instagram aesthetic to target people. So it's like if you think about like the earth tones and the educational slides and like the sunset photos and the food pictures and like the yoga poses and all that other stuff that we like associate with Instagram, that has been co-opted and is now being used by QAnon recruiters to target the specific community, which is like almost exclusively women and to kind of filter that extremism through a more like kind of palatable, beautiful visual lens. And it took off like wildfire. So I have sort of a cynical question. (laughs) Um, Wellness influencers, like all influencers, are told that being controversial is like a great way to build your brand, right? Like the algorithm rewards controversy. I guess I'm just wondering if that's a big part of what's happening here. Like, do you think it's possible that some of these influencers are just consciously embracing QAnon beliefs in order to attract a wider following? Yes. And there are marketing trainers who have taught these folks, especially the ones who came through yoga teacher training and don't really have a ton of background, this type of stuff that are trying to make money. Marketing trainers tell these people that the best way to increase your audience engagement is just by taking controversial positions. So like what you either want to do is like attract everybody to your side by being so palatable that like everyone is on the same team, or you want to like divide people into camps, which like also increases engagement because then you get people fighting in your mentions about whether what you're doing is correct or not. So it's like hard to tell, though, to what extent like those posts are being done by people who actually believe the ideology that they're sharing or if they're just doing it to get more followers. And it's like impossible to answer that question because that's not something that people own up to. Right. Right. So, you know, we're at the point where a growing number of spiritualists are speaking out against the spread. What kind of reaction do other wellness influencers receive when they speak out? So one of the main people that I talked to for the story who is speaking out is this woman named Sean Korn. I mentioned her a little earlier. She's a yoga teacher based in LA who runs this activism nonprofit. She and a number of other wellness influencers posted on Instagram last fall when all of this stuff was reaching a fever pitch that they were just like really concerned about QAnon, that people need to be talking about it, that they need to be aware of its tactics. And actually that the thing that most concerned them was that the recruitment tactics of QAnon resemble cult psychology, which is also something that the wellness world is very attuned to because obviously there's like a long history of cults and kind of cultic recruitment that's gone on in that space. And what she found that was most concerning to her is that after they like started the discussion about QAnon is bad, we need to talk about it. She watched QAnon recruiters go into her mentions on Instagram and try to have conversations with the people who were posting in support of her, like the people who are like, yeah, you're right. QAnon is terrible. Like the QAnon recruiters would slide in and start to use like nonviolent communication tactics and kind of like wellness world language, the type of stuff that people recognize that feels familiar to them to like code switch into like wellness language to get a discussion started where they'd be like, oh, well, if you're interested, I can share some materials. They might send along a link and then suddenly the post that's anti-QAnon is like also becoming a QAnon recruitment breeding ground. So it's like very complicated. Yeah. I know you said that the people in the community don't yet know how this is going to play out, but do the people you spoke to see this as just the tip of the iceberg? And do you see this spreading into other communities beyond wellness? 
Yeah, I mean, it already has. The thing that's really wild about QAnon is that you can like change the name of the community that you're talking about, but a lot of the trends are the same. So if you're talking about like evangelical Christianity, like something similar is happening there. Stay-at-home moms and like people who are interested in natural births is another one. There's like a lot of activity happening there. In the multi-level marketing world, if this is also happening, that's kind of affiliated with wellness because, you know, dietary supplements and kind of toxin-free products and that type of stuff, it's also happening there. So like even even though the the kind of the topics are slightly different for each world, like the recruitment pattern and like the speed at which people go down the rabbit hole and then stay there is like the same across many different worlds. And that's obviously really concerning. I mean, there's some recent polls that have found that as many as 15% of adult Americans believe some of the main tenets of QAnon. So that's like tens of millions of people. Uh, Laura, this conversation has been equal parts fascinating and terrifying. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. (laughs) All right, that's it for today. Come back and join us tomorrow. And remember, if you can still post on social media and are getting a bunch of money for your sponsorship deals and you're on TV and you're all over the celebrity news and you're on this podcast, you're not canceled. (laughs) Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed coming to you daily. If dog people made dog food, it wouldn't be sold in a 50-pound bag in the hardware aisle by the shoe polish. It would actually be food. It would be made with real, fresh meat and veggies gently cooked to preserve their nutritional value. You know, like food. The Farmer's Dog was created by dog people who cook and deliver fresh, healthy food. Try the Farmer's Dog and get fresh, pre-portioned meals tailored to your dog's needs. Tell us about your dog, build your plan, and get 50% off at thefarmersdog.com slash listen. That's thefarmersdog.com slash listen. I'm Paris Hilton, and this is Trapped in Treatment, a weekly podcast of shocking survivor experiences and stories from an industry plagued by controversy. With my hosts, Caroline Cole and Rebecca Mellinger, we will uncover the truth of one teen treatment facility each season. First up, Provo Canyon School. This one is personal. Listen to Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Adoption of teens from foster care is a topic not enough people know about, and we're here to change that. I'm April Dinwiddie, host of the new podcast, Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Each episode brings you compelling real-life adoption stories told by the families that live them with commentary from experts. Visit adoptuskids.org slash podcast or subscribe to Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Administration for Children and Families and the Ad Council.